presentation today. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for watching. Uh, you can give on your way out, give at the kiosk. You know the drill, so thank you so much. Can you give it up for our worship team? They did a great job today. Thank you, worship team. Praise God. When you can enter into worship, and we're a worshiping church, I like to think. I mean, you can enter into worship. It makes it easier than to, to preach the word. And, and, uh, but it also makes it easier just to engage in the presence of God. And so uh, I encourage you that maybe even if it's a new song or a song that you're not familiar with or maybe one you don't even like, uh, the worship team prays over over these song lists each and every week and, and just engage, find yourself engaging in, in, in Christ. There's something really cool about worship uh, and the Word, of course, and there's something really cool about just being kind of outside in God's goodness and God's grace and seeing just nature itself uh, and just, you know, just being in a, in a beautiful surrounding. And so... Um, God is good. You know, we're speaking on the Holy Spirit as Janie spoke uh, during worship. We're talking about uh, the spiritual gifts. And last week, Mother's Day was kind of a standalone. The two weeks before that, we kind of laid out just our parameters of how we look at the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the actions of the Holy Spirit uh, through 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter. So we kind of went line by line through those two things, kind of set some boundaries. And we did, uh, we talked about two things mainly. One, my job as a pastor, uh, as the under shepherd, is to lead, feed, and protect. So that's what I aim to do. I'm the gatekeeper. I try to, to uh, you know, try to lead the church, the body, feed the church, the body, and then protect the church, the body. And then we're, we have a lot of gray area and grace area as we walk through the giftings of the Holy Spirit. Uh, some would perceive them a little bit differently than others. And so we're walking through together. Like Janie had mentioned, I thought so eloquently, uh, Holy Spirit, the third part of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, is the triune Godhead that God invites us, Christ says, when he went back to uh, heaven, when he ascended this earth, that we can have this third part of the Spirit live within us, the Holy Spirit. And then because of that, there's giftings. We're going we're gonna to study over the next three weeks uh, three major giftings each week. So nine that Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, but there's about 27 giftings all around. There's a gift of helps, there's gift of administration, there's a gift of suffering, which most people don't, you know, pray for that. I want a gift of suffering, but say something traumatic has happened to you, there could be a gift of suffering that just settles on you that allows you to testify of God's goodness even in a really bad situation, okay? I have a sister, Peggy, who's 41 or 42 years, multiple sclerosis. She's got a feeding tube. She's basically bedridden, been that way for a long, long, long time. Still one of the most joyful people that you'll ever meet. Just handles her suffering with grace and kindness and mercy. Now, I've prayed for healing. I've prayed for miracles. But maybe one of her miracles over her is the fact that the spirit of joy just ascend, descended upon her, okay? And so we have to understand that this is just temporary, this life here. We're in Christ. We're going to go to a glorious land, and we're all going to have a new body, a glorified body, right? Now, you've heard my story. I've, I've requested long, flowing hair. Okay, I'm going to whip it back. 
And you're going to see me at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Who's that guy with the long hair? Is that Pastor Mark? Well, it sure is. I don't recognize him with all that hair. So, so I, and I don't, I don't mean to, to minimize suffering here on earth, okay? I don't mean to minimize that at all. I'm just saying that uh, this is temporary, and, and God is still in control. Uh, but, but sometimes the, the gifts operate differently within each person. Don't think yourself less than if you have a different gift. All the gifts are important to God. All the gifts are given by the Holy Spirit. Amen? All right. So we laid the boundaries out a couple, two of the last three weeks, and we're talking about different areas, and now we're going to talk about the gifts. So, and I want to say say this too. Be careful because some of the gifts, whatever God originates, Satan will imitate. And so sometimes these, there's cheap imitations that take place, and we don't want to confuse those imitations with the Holy Spirit and what God is doing. I like what Janie said. We've talked about it. The Holy Spirit is gentle. The Holy Spirit is kind. Holy Spirit is not going to make you do something that you don't want to do, okay? Now, that being said, the presence of God could overwhelm you, and sometimes we just can't stand in his presence. We just, man, we're just like, we're just awestruck at the presence and the goodness of God. So let's read 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to read the first 11 verses. We'll stop a couple times along the way to, um, to exhort a couple of things. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is a curse, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Let's stop there for a moment, uh, just a teaching. So in spiritual dynamics and spiritual realms, if you are saved by grace, filled with the presence of God, and then filled with the Holy Spirit, okay? So we're walking in spiritual creatures. We know that there's an enemy out there. And so there's, sometimes there's demonic action. There's, a, there's a demons that will attach themselves to people. And in extreme occasions, sometimes there's a, even a demon possession, okay? There's, a, there's something of that nature that may take place. Now, we don't look for those, but sometimes they will manifest themselves, One way you know that someone will be free, according to Paul's scripture here, and we adhere to that, would be that if someone can say, hey, Jesus is Lord, passionately, they've been been freed up, okay? The demon wants attention. They want to steal the show from the glory of God. We're supposed to give God all glory, honor, praise, and thanksgiving. So that demon may want to steal a little bit of the show. And so what we have to understand is for a person to be free, they 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 have to be able to say with conviction, Jesus is Lord. And if Jesus is Lord of their life, there's freedom right there, and they're set free. If they can't, then there is some form of attachment there that needs to be prayed out and prayed through if the person that is in that position wants to be freed. Some people don't want to be free. Some people are uh, attachment-driven, okay? So again, we're not going to be a church that looks for a demon behind every door or every corner, but should something of that nature happen to you or in our church services, we're not going to be afraid to back down either. We're going to go ahead and handle it uh, in a biblical, scriptural way. Amen? All right, so this is what Paul's saying. Let's go to verse number four. Now, there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit 
and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord, and there are varieties of activities, but in the same God who empowers them all and everyone. Paul right here, uh, whether he means to or not, and I'm sure he does, he introduces the Trinity yet one more time to us. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. All three working so closely together that they look like one, act like one, but they're three separate entities. In other words, Jesus, when he was praying, all right, uh, was not praying to himself. He was praying to the Father. But at the same time, he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you know me, you know the Father. This is how unified they are. But they also do go a little bit differently. Paul talks about spiritual gifts represented by the Holy Spirit, and, that, and the Holy Spirit spiritual gifts are the nine that we're going to study. There are, again, there are more. There's about 27 total, but we're going to concentrate on what these nine main gifts are, because these are what, one, we want to introduce to inside the church, and what Paul is introducing to the Corinthian church, okay? So those nine gifts are broken down in three parts. Today we'll talk about the power gifts, and then there's inspirational gifts, and then there's revelation gifts, okay? And, we, and everybody has access to those gifts. You can earnestly seek after those gifts, Paul says in 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter. So we're going to earnestly seek after those gifts. But they're given by the power of the Holy Spirit because Jesus says that's the gift that he's going to give upon salvation after he makes it back. And then there's acts of service. This is what this represents the Lord. He says in the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. Why is that important? Because Jesus himself said he came to serve, not to be served. And so we need to make sure that as a church, Grace Church, that we're serving each other. We're serving the body. And yes, serving each other may mean working in children's ministry or nursery or working in outreach ministry or prayer team or working as an usher or, or a greeter, working different things. It's an act of service because Jesus is building a church that the one, the gates of hell cannot prevail against, and two, that the world looks at and says, this is how church is supposed to be. And so we're, we're looking at acts of service. And then he says that last one, but it's the same God, varieties of activities, and that's, those are godly activities. In other words, worship, prayer, fasting, discipleship, things that we do uh, on a Sunday morning, and hopefully that y'all do during the week, that we walk in this realm. I'm walking in worship. I'm walking in prayer. I'm walking in discipleship. I have a certain times during the year where I need to fast, and we'll, we'll call fast at different times. And so those would be our godly activities, a variety of godly uh, duties and, and things that we do. So this, again, this is what Paul's introducing to the church so that there's a there's a pattern here that he's asking us to follow in ways of recognizing God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Let's go to verse 7. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. In other words, you're to use your gifts for the kingdom's purposes. For to one is given through the Spirit of utterance of wisdom. Now he's listing the gifts. Okay, to another, the utterance of knowledge and according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by uh, the Spirit. To another, the working of miracles, prophecy, the ability to distinguish between spirits, that would be discernment, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. 
We know that it's alive. We know that it's blessed and anointed. So we just pray now that you would anoint and bless our ears to hear, our hearts and our mind to understand and comprehend those things that you wish for us to take away today. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, amen. So there's a couple things that we'll talk about today. We're going to maybe run just a little bit, a few, few minutes longer. Uh, and I hope you're, that's, you're okay with that. We have guards at the door. I mean, ushers at the door. That, we'll make sure you don't leave too quickly. No. Uh, so every gift is predicated on prayer. So we have to pray. Uh, that's part of our earnest uh, desire to seek the manifestation or to seek the spiritual gifts is to pray. And so there's a couple ways that we should pray if you're taking notes. One, we should pray the scriptures. Some people may say, I don't really know how to pray or I don't have a strong prayer life or a good prayer life. And what does that even mean? We're not sure. Uh, but we could pray the scriptures. And we're going to talk this summer about praying through Psalms, not all 150 psalms, but we'll pick some psalms out. We'll take some lessons from them and then learn how we can maybe pray in that instance. And so I would say if you don't pray on a regular basis, open your Bible, read a psalm or two, but read it in a prayerful way. Read it like you're praying back to the Lord Jesus Christ, okay? You're praying to God through Jesus. And so we can pray the scriptures. That's a really, really, really good way to start. In fact, Jesus says, when you pray, pray in this manner, our Father which art in heaven. And he goes on, verses 6, 7, 8, and 9 in Matthew, the sixth chapter, okay? And so then, and then make sure you walk in forgiveness. So our prayers are hindered if we have unforgiveness. Jesus talks about that in Matthew 6, 14, and 15, that if we have unforgiveness in our heart, in fact, one time in scripture, he says, if you have an ought, just leave your gift at the altar and go make things right. So we need to make sure that we're walking in forgiveness. And I will say this, forgiveness isn't always forgetting. We, we, some things you may never forget, a past childhood or uh, something that you've done or someone that's wronged you. You may never forget that. I would suggest uh, that you don't, you know, make that the, your altar, all right? But there might be some things that the enemy keeps bringing up, but you can always forgive. And forgiving is so much better than forgetting anyway. So forgiveness frees us up. Forgiveness allows us to, to walk in that. And Jesus says that we should forgive, we should forgive. In fact, Peter says in 1 Peter 3, 1 through 6, he says that how uh, women should act towards men, your spouses, okay? You should, you should do this and you should do that. And, and you know, really laying the line out. And a lot of men, uh, old traditional uh, men would, would preach that, you know, just how you should act, woman. <laughs> um, but then Peter says this, and a lot of the old time preachers would forget this verse, verse 7 of 1 Peter 3, likewise men. In other words, I, everything I've just said, the women who do men, you've got to do the same thing. Only I'm going to add a caveat to that, Paul, uh, Peter says. You need to do it so that your prayers aren't even hindered. In other words, our prayers can be hindered if we're not treating people right, especially our spouse. Can you say amen? When we, when we treat our spouse right, when we treat our co-laborers in Christ right, when we treat people right, our prayers are not hindered. But when we don't treat people right, uh, we don't walk in forgiveness, then our, our prayers are like bouncing off the ceiling. How many want their prayers to, to hit the throne room of grace? Amen? Like I want my, so I've got to walk in forgiveness. All right? And listen, if somebody does something to you or somebody wrongs you, you don't have to keep jumping back in the fight. 
just have to forgive them and then stay away from the fight, right? Use some wisdom there. You don't just walk in forgiveness. All right, I forgive that. I forgive that person, whatever. Now I'm going to move on, but I'm going to also know that I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to have, I'm not going to be hindered by my prayers not being heard because God wants me to walk in forgiveness. So that's kind of a prequel to what we're going to talk about. The three power uh, uh, gifts that we're talking about today, the first one is faith. So it's important, and I I picked faith out to be the first one because I think everything else hinges on faith. Uh, Scripture says that without faith it is impossible to please God. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him, Hebrews 11 and 6. So it's important that we operate in faith, and I think it's the release of all the other gifts. The other 26 gifts, I think it releases them. The other eight that we're going to talk about, it releases them. We must have faith. It's important, okay? And faith is critical. Paul says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So it's important for us to understand that when we put the, I think Janie again mentioned that, put our Bible on you know, your phone or put it on tape or whatever the, the newest trend is or have worship music playing through your house, especially some of the worship songs that are scripturally driven and scripturally given. We have to understand that faith builds us up. And when, we, when we're built up in faith, we, we can walk in that realm, okay? We, we, we attach things to different spirit. I had a person tell me one time, actually several times, that the, the Lord allowed her to sleep in. Really? <laughs> I mean, I think a spirit allowed you to sleep in. We call it lazy. <laughs> lazy spirit got on you. And I would just say, just own it. Hey, Pastor, yeah, I set that one out. I hope you don't mind. Not at all. I think you need to sit one out every now and then. That's okay. Lay back. Lay out. Go fishing. Do whatever you need. Just don't blame it on God. Are you? <laughs> amen. I heard that amen. Just, just own it. Just own it. It's okay. You work hard. Things are happening. It's like, you know, I only have to work two hours a week. I got the rest of the time off to fish all I want, which is zero. But don't say, God allowed me to sleep in. Thank you, Jesus. Because we need you. We we need you in our church. We need you in our life. We, We need to feed off your faith, or maybe you need to feed off our faith. We need to feed off each other. We need to build each other up in the unity of the faith. This is important, church. This is a real deal. Like, that's a trick of the enemy. And again, don't hear me wrong. You're going to have some weeks where, you, yeah, you just need to lay back. But if it's like one out of every two or three, just call the prayer team. We'll come over there and pray with you. Because <laughs> that, that's, that's just a bad habit. Or, or that's a wellness deal that we need to pray with you on. Okay? All right, so there's, there's three different types of faith that we're going to talk about. First one is a natural type of faith, all right? There's a, you've been given a natural faith. Uh, uh, Paul says everybody's been given a measure of faith. So you've been given a measure of faith, and it's like uh, in, uh, maybe in this service, I'm looking around, I, I, there, there might be more in the first service, CrossFitters. There's definitely people here that work out and exercise, so don't, I'm not trying to marginalize. Uh, but, you know, it's like a person who maybe exercises, works out, takes care of themselves, all right? They've been given the same muscles that we've been given, 
right? But maybe they decide to exercise their muscles more frequently, either running or, you know, lifting or eating right or all those, all those really good things. And someone else, they, they're okay with the Krispy Kreme donuts that we feed you all every Sunday. There, there's nothing necessarily wrong. So what I'm saying is you've been given a measure of faith. If someone decides I'm really going to exercise my faith, don't get mad at them. Let them exercise their faith. That's a good thing, right? We want to exercise the faith. So we've been given a measure of faith. And that's natural faith. That's that measure there. And then we've been given saving faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. So it's a, there's a saving faith there, and I'm growing. This natural faith, it happened. I, I, I shared with our youngest grandson, Judah, pretty cool little kid, got really cool hair, good hair, gets his hair from his grandpa. And uh, he's almost three, did three next month. He, I don't think he wakes up in the morning saying, uh, I wonder if I'm going to eat today. He may wonder what he's going to eat, but he knows he's going to eat. He knows mom and dad are going to feed him. He knows he's going to have the green pouch, the orange pouch, the yogurt, the grapes, and maybe a couple raisins or something. He knows he's going to, it's good. He's going to have, he's going to have this good stuff. He doesn't have to wonder. That's us. When we come into the kingdom of God, there's a natural faith there that we have to break out of because our old person has a lot of doubt in it, has a lot of mistrust in it because we, we relate God to people that we know. And so if we have people in our life that we don't like or we don't love or maybe they've wronged us or hurt us, all of a sudden we think God's the same. God is love. God is all love. And so that creates a saving faith. So now we come into the kingdom of God, and there's this loving God who wants us to grow. And then, then Paul says here in 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter, or 12th chapter, rather, is there's a gift of faith. A gift of faith can work two ways, one of two ways. First of all, I think more times than not, it's probably seasonal. Like you may have a gift of faith that you're able to operate in a good portion of the time, maybe not all the time. I don't know. No, I'm not saying, but I do know it's seasonal in the fact that there's been gifts of faith that have dropped on myself and Janie, our family, different ones. If some, you know, one of the kids were sick or Jessica, you know, most of you know she was seven months in the womb and they couldn't, no heartbeat, no nothing. They, they basically pronounced her dead. Do you want, to, want us to take her? And Janie rose up in a gift of faith. It was a gift of faith. No. No, this baby was born, this baby will be alive, this baby, and, and she was speaking it out. She was preaching as a young mother, okay? And so that's a gift of faith. And there's been many times, Janie, most of you know, eight years ago, almost lost her life uh, to just different, you know, she, had, she went septic and, and was in the hospital. Call, you better call the family in, called our daughter in from Omaha, called the kids in locally, and, and we were, but there was a gift of faith that rose up. No, it's not her time yet. Yeah, all right? So there's a gift of faith. Then you need a healing. You could pray for the gift of faith that God would come in and give you the faith that you need to believe. Or you could go with people that have the gift of faith and say, hey, we're going to pray for you to be healed or made whole or those different things. When I say healing, it could be physical, it could be spiritual, it could be financial, it could be relational. There's all kinds. So there's, this is the three types of faith as I see it, natural, 
uh, saving, and then the gift. And then the next thing, the next gift then is healing. So it leads us right into healing, the spiritual gift of healing. Paul says there are some, there, man, there, there's just a healing there. Again, it works both ways as well. I might have a spiritual gift of healing that takes place in my body, or there might be a spiritual gift of healing that's laid on me that I can pray for people and they're healed. Now, let me say this. Please do not use the term healer. Oh, that person's a healer. No, Jesus is the healer. All right? Jesus does all the healing through the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't want to exalt one person or one gift over another, right? And so, but healing is a gift. I and mean, there's a gift of healing. Healing works together with natural course, with nature's course. And so, in other words, maybe someone breaks an arm, and we want to pray for them to heal properly. We want the bones to line back up. We want the ligaments to line back up. We want things to take place. It's a natural course. Or if somebody maybe has the flu or is really sick, like Janie was, natural course would be, well, this is what needs to take place for to, for her to get better, and so we prayed that way. The doctors and charity would tell us, here's probably what's happening, here's what needs to happen. So we would pray for that nature, that natural course to take place. So healing always works together with nature and the fact that it's a natural thing, okay? So in our bodies that God created and he causes nature to work through them to function, we want to pray, God, would you heal that body to create, to be what you created it to be. Because Jesus is the great physician, right? And so if he created us, he can then turn those things around for us, right? So in the healing in scripture, there's about 22 different recorded healings that Jesus did. And the bulk of them were he healed blind, he healed lame, he healed dead, he healed demonic, and he healed disease, all right? There's other ones, but those are the kind of the bulk that he worked with. But he healed in different ways. And it goes back then to faith, where faith comes first, Jesus healed uh, the woman with the issue of blood who had the, the issue of blood 12 years, okay? And yet he's going to Jairus's house to heal his daughter who's 12 years old. And so they both have this thing connected with 12, and I'm not going to make numerology out of it or anything. There. It's just kind of a cool coincidence. But when you look at it, he stopped, like Jairus says, would you come to my house to heal my daughter? She's sick. And while he's dealing with the lady with the issue of blood, Jairus's daughter dies, she, she's sick unto death now, and Jesus is walking, and the Bible says there's a whole mess of people around him, and he says, who touched me? And the disciple says, well, Lord, everybody's touching you. You're, you're like, you're in the middle of a large, no, but somebody's touched me. Virtue has left my body. I think it's important to know that no matter who you are, here's a woman that shouldn't have been out in public because she had a bleeding issue for 12 years. Leviticus was, was said, no, she can't leave the house. But yet she touched it, and she tried all the doctors. She tried all the different medicines. She tried everything. But her faith touched Jesus. Your faith can touch Jesus to the matter where you can be healed. And maybe nobody else even knows you have an issue. But your faith reaches out and touches Jesus. Her faith. And Jesus says, your faith has made you whole. She said, Lord, I touched you. I know it was me. Your faith has made you whole. And so then they said, don't go to Darius's house because his daughter's dead. He said, no, she's not dead. She just sleeps. And when he got there, the Bible says, King James Version, they laughed him to scorn. They were so put out with him. Who do you think you are? And so Jesus, the son of God, has to 
rid the room of doubt. And he only takes in Peter, James, John, the mom and dad, himself, and then, and then Darius' daughter. Seven people in the room. So here's the Son of God who can't or refuses to work where there's no faith, removes the room of doubt, and then he says, Telekumai, he says, daughter, raise up. And, and, and she raised up, and they, they're like having a, a church service in there, the old Sunday night believers meeting. They got their shouting shoes on, and he says, give her something to eat. But so the Son of God, who's going to heal, may, had to make sure there was no doubt in the room, all right? Jesus, when he left Galilee one time, says, I can't even do enough miracles here because they're of lack of faith. So faith and healing go hand in hand, all right? And, and listen, not false healing, not fake healing, not fake faith, not false faith, just simply believing in God. Father, here's, I like to remind God, not that he's dumb or ignorant, I like to remind God of what he said. God, your word says, if two or three shall gather together in your name, there will you be in the middle of us. Lord, your word says, if I give, it shall be given back to me, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Lord, your word says, and I like to remind God of what his word says because it's his word. And Isaiah 55 says that his word will never return void. So if we're operating in the gifts, again, there's going to be some gray area. There's going to be some grace area. But if we're operating in the gifts of God, faith is a huge gift, but it's also incremental. And healing is a huge gift. And it, because it goes along with nature, it can be incremental. It's like, I, didn't, I wasn't healed today. You might be healed tomorrow. You might be healed next week. You might be. It works with nature. The third gift we'll talk about this morning real, real quickly is miracles. So then there's a, a gift of miracles. Well, what, what's different between miracles and healing? Miracles work against nature. Like nature's course would be that this person has a, a lame arm or this person has lame legs or this person is blind and cannot see at all. That's nature, okay? Now it's got to work against nature. And, our, and sometimes the healing happens differently. Janie and I have a good friend named Gary Hoyt. He's been to our church here before. And Janie was his worship leader at a really large church in Omaha, Nebraska called Bellevue Christian center, a great, just an amazing place. And Janie was leading worship, and uh, he had gotten in a car accident, okay? And he became a quadriplegic. And so they had him in, uh, in fact, when he left home to go on a ski trip, he never, ever went back to that home, ever. They bought, they sold the house, they bought a new house, they, and he was, he was paralyzed from the neck down. And, and we would pray for healing, we would pray for deliverance, we would, God, just restore those muscles and everything, and he would ne only, only be able to move from the neck up forever the rest of his life. Well, I text him on his iPhone now. He, he's, he's got uh, he, he, finger mobility, he can, he can push himself up on the wheelchair, he drives a car. Uh, he's gone on uh, five different missions trip to five different continents as a quadruple. He just, it didn't stop him, okay? Now, he's not healed like you or I, but it's certain a miracle in his life. There's been nothing short of a miracle. In fact, he's come here. He preached for us. It was an he did an amazing job. And, 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 and what I'm trying to say is sometimes the miracle, if we're praying for a miracle, it's better if we don't choreograph what the miracle looks like. It's better to say, God, I need a miracle. Maybe it's a miracle in my attitude. Maybe it's a miracle in my disposition. Maybe it's a miracle in how I look at things. It, it, I, I still need that miracle. And sometimes, and I don't want to, uh, you know, Paul had a thorn in the side. I don't want to dismiss or discount. I believe in healing. I believe in miracles. I believe in faith. 
I'm a, I believe it in Jesus' name, and God has allowed me to see it in my own family, all right? So I believe it. But at the same time, I believe that sometimes the miracle is just how we handle a situation, and the testimony is, did you see how they handled that for the last 10 years of their life? Did you see how they just gave God glory, honor, praise? That could be, that could be the miracle, all right? And, and again, Pastor Judy, I believe in healing. I've seen it. I believe in miracles. I've seen them. But at the same time, what, would it be okay if we, let, if we let God orchestrate the miracle in our life? I think that's kind of the religious tradition that we're trying to break out of is, oh, well, that's not really not a miracle. Yes, it is. If, if someone is able to say, God, whatever this is, I'm going to walk through it with life. I'm going to walk through it with love. I'm going to walk through it with happiness. I'm going to walk through it with, with boldness. And, and you can still pray every day, God, I'm believing for that final miracle in my life. Come on back, worship team. I think we're, we're, going, to, we're going to move on just a little bit. So through the workings of miracles, the laws of nature are affected. Let me say that one more time. Through the working of miracles, the laws of nature are affected. I, maybe you've read the story. It happened years ago, but a lady's son was working on her car. It was a 5,000-pound uh, car, and the jack fell and crushed crushed the kid, okay? And so she was like in a panic. She went out there. She lifted the car up off the, off the young boy, and he rolled out from it. Now he had to go to the hospital, but there's no way one person, especially a lady of this size that could lift a 5,000, it was a miracle. It was just an act of miracle right then and there. And so if you're praying for miracles today, you need to pray. You need to believe. But you also need to believe that God will work through things, and maybe the miracle looks a little bit different than what we're, we're believing for. It doesn't mean that we should stop believing for what we're believing. I believe in ultimate healing. I believe in, in miracles. I believe in, in God of salvation. I believe in all that. I'm not discounting it. But I also know this, that every person that Jesus healed ultimately died because that's nature's course. Jenny and I were talking about it just the other day. She said, you know, everybody's going to die. Everybody's going to die. That's horrible. But that's the only way we get to the other side. Stand with me this morning. We're going to sing another song. So let me rehearse for a second. Recap. You need this morning, during this next worship song, just to ask like the disciples did, Lord, increase my faith. It's okay. Increase my faith. That may be that you just need to get into the Word a little bit more. That may be you need to put some worship on a little bit more. That may be that you just need to come to church more often or, or your local church. Just attend that church. Give me, give me, give me an increase of faith. And Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe for healing. I am, I am rock solid believing that those people in our congregation, those people in our life and our friendship, that whatever healing they're praying for, we're believing that they're going to be healed in Jesus' name. And there's no letdown. We're also going to believe for miracles. But we're going to also say that maybe the miracle isn't what we expect it to be. Maybe the real true miracle is what God expects it to be. And so that's what I want. God, I want what you want that miracle to be. Close your eyes and lift your hands for a moment. I want you right now, if you're, if you're here, I want you, if you need a healing, if you need a miracle, if you need an increase of faith, I want you to tell the Lord right now. I want you to confess it. In fact, James said, if we confess our faults one to another, we'll be healed. Uh, how does that work? <laughs> That's a beautiful statement. 
but I think it's, I think what James is telling us, Jesus is brother. I think what James is telling us is, is the sincerity of which we pray. If I'm willing to tell my faults to someone, I must really want that healing bad. So Father, we pray right now for those who need a healing this morning, who need a miracle this morning, Lord, who need additional faith today to even make it through what they're, what they're, what they're making, trying to make it through, how difficult it is, Lord, for, for some of your people where there's been something placed on them, Lord, that we know is not from you. But we also know that whatever the enemy meant for evil, God, you will turn around and make good come from it. We receive that right now. Would you make good come from that disease, that sickness, that infirmity? God, would you make good come of it right now? Would, would, you, would you increase our faith, Lord, that we have an attitude and a desire to please you in everything that we do? Father, we love you and glorify your name and magnify you and worship you. We hold your name high above every other name. And we know that these gifts come from you. So help us even this week to capitalize on faith, healing, and miracles. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's sing one more song. Help us. Thanks for coming.
Amen. Isn't God good in this place today? Do we serve a loving and a powerful God? A God that loves us and knows us and cares about us? That he would give us these gifts? We don't serve a God that created the universe and then just sort of stepped back and watched everything sort of just happen. We serve a God who not only created each one of us, but knows each one of us by name and cares about each one of us. He cares about you and your family enough to say, oh, you need a healing. Oh, you need a miracle. I'm gonna provide a way for that to happen, amen? And I want you to know as you, as you are here today, do you want to be used by God to bring glory to him in this place? Do you wanna honor God with your life and bring glory and, and magnify the name of God in every situation? Well, God might give you a situation or a circumstance this week where you see somebody that needs prayer. Maybe they need a healing or they need a, a miracle. Maybe it's a financial miracle or maybe it's a healing for their mental health or something else. But I wanna encourage you to take a step of faith. That's why I like how we started with faith because you can be kind of nervous to pray for somebody because in the back of your mind, you might say, what if my prayer isn't good enough to heal that person? I know I used to think that. I used to think, okay, what if my prayer, like what if I, I don't have enough faith in my prayer to heal that person? But I learned something that it's not faith in your prayer that heals anybody. It is faith in God that heals them. Amen. Our God is the healer. And for some really cool reason, he uses us to be an instrument for that healing to take place sometimes. So I want to pray for you. We've already prayed for you that if you wanted to receive that measure of faith or if you wanted to receive that healing or if you wanted to receive that miracle. But I want to pray for you just a second time if you want to be an instrument to increase faith or if you want to be an instrument of God to use you to heal somebody or an instrument of God to use you to see miracles happen. So if you want that, I, I just want you to raise your hands up to him in the posture of receiving the Holy Spirit's gifts in your life. And I want to ask God to fill us now and to use us this week. Lord, I thank you for every person here and for every hand that is raised. Lord, I pray that you would increase our faith, but that you'd help us to increase the faith of those around us. That by reading your word of God, and by loving you, God, and by uh, being obedient, that we would flex and stretch the muscle of faith in our lives and for others. Lord, that you'd use us not just to, to receive the healing today, Lord, but I, I disagree and I put that amen, Lord, on the healings that we have prayed for in this room. Lord, but I ask God that as we see people that are sick, Lord, maybe it's physically or mentally, maybe it's in a different way, Lord, that you would help us to be an instrument to, to bring healing to someone. Not to heal them, Lord, but to seek you heal them. And Lord, maybe you help us to be part of that. Lord, if there's anybody that needs a miracle, Lord, maybe it's a friend, a family member that needs a financial miracle. Maybe it's a relationship, God. Maybe it's a marriage. And it's someone that we know that needs a miracle, God, that you would help us just use us in some way this week. God, open us our minds, Lord, and that as we get a little bit nervous to step out in faith, to pray for that person, or to, to speak over their lives or whatever, God, that you would give us that faith to take that step. But that faith, God, is in you. It's not in us and it's not in our prayer. But Lord, that you would use us in mighty ways this week to bring you glory, God. Not to get a pat on the back, but to say God is good. God is faithful. God is healer. God is mighty. God is righteous. You are the one that is on the throne. You are the King of kings and Lord of lords, Lord. And we just magnify you in this place today. God, I pray that you bless each person here. Again, Lord, that you'd fill us with your spirit to do what 
you have called us to do. And we pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Have a great week. And we'll see you next Sunday. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.